This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUNFM 104.5. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, Paul Bunyan Country's distributor of Anheuser-Busch and Budweiser. By Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors in downtown Bemidji and Bonded Lock and Key, your home for Liberty Gun Safes. Today on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, we keep talking deer hunting because we are getting ever closer. In fact, we're just a few days away now. Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager John Williams joining me. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you, Kevin. Good to be here. Ready to get out there? You bet. (laughs) It's hard to not be excited this time of year. Yeah, it is. And actually, uh, considering how lousy the first part of our fall was... (laughs) Uh, it's pretty nice weather for uh, the deer opener, it looks Would like. Would you be talking about that snow in October? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I had a guy today up at, uh, I guess it was in the Roseau area, showed me a foot of snow on the ground at that time. And it might as well have been January, you know, <laughs> that's what the picture showed. So, Well, and, and now, you know, we're getting to deer hunting, and a lot of times deer hunters would like a little bit of snow out there. For tracking, you know, that's generally the case if people could have, you know, maybe an inch or two or something like that, but no more, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good for tracking and, and uh, yeah. That's generally the case. And I don't know whether the last couple of days I've heard is maybe a possibility. I don't know what, mm-hmm. the, what the latest is, but yeah. You know, I, I've done a lot of talking, as I, I noted before we went on the air, Eric uh, Thorson, uh, was it Thorson? Yep. A couple of weeks ago, and Lou Cornicelli last week. Um, CWD at this point is not anything we're worried about in the northwest region. Nothing in the northwest. About the closest we have is a little north of Brainerd there, and, and that's uh, not in our region. But, you know, uh, we're all worried about it, you know, from that standpoint. It's just a matter of uh, trying to monitor it, make sure, you know, it's not spreading and, you know, do what we can to try to control it. So right. it's a lot right. like a genie in a bottle. Yeah. Yeah, keep it keep it controlled. That's that's the key and keep it where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll have three areas that we'll be testing. And if you talk to Lou, the area uh, north central and then the, the area in central around the St. Cloud there, and then, of course, the southeast. Yeah. And there's been a couple of positive, or at least one positive deer we found this year in archery and maybe another one too. So. Okay. Yeah. And then talking to Eric, you know, we talked about the statewide uh, deer plan that's now mm-hmm. being implemented. Um, obviously, different parts of the state have different needs and different concerns. What, what does this uh, statewide plan mean for northwest Minnesota? Well, largely, you know, there's the goals and, and things, and they apply basically universal to, to this uh, area. Uh, the Northwest is sort of a unique region, I would say, and uh, if I could say so with a little bit of a smile, we're kind of in the sweet spot in Minnesota for the Northwest region. And I say that largely because if you look at a map, you know, you'll find on the very west side of the zone is prairie. The very middle is that transition zone, which is a very rich area for wildlife. And on the far uh, east side is in the forest. So really, our, we have... Basically, um, uh, like I say, it's a sweet spot of uh, Minnesota, in my opinion. So. Certainly is. Um, what is the goal um, for deer populations? So, in every one of the deer permit area, we have a deer population goal. It's a number based upon spring pre-fawning population. You know, whether it's eight deer, ten deer. Uh, I believe the. Uh, uh, Mid year one eighty four. I don't recall the exact number, but it, somewhere in that. Uh, gosh, if I if I speak a number, I know I'm going to miss. It. <laughs> okay. But uh, I'd have to look it up. But it, it's close to that twenty area. You know, maybe mm-hmm. uh, it's usually a range of deer. You know, you can never manage to the exact number, so you're usually within a range. And so, uh, so the the goal, if you want to look at some sort of a goal, every permit area has goal. So, 
as long as we are in goal, let's say in all the permit areas, which is never going to happen, okay, <laughs> um, the, our goal would be to try to reach – not try to reach. Our goal would be to reach at least a, an annual harvest of 200,000 deer better or something like that. So this year I think we are set quite well to, to reach that goal. And boy, <laughs> I just I guess I went out of limb a little bit said that. But I do think we're in good shape. There's two factors I think that largely is putting us into what I believe will be a very good deer season. One, we've had a number of three or so very mild, very good winters where deer have come through very healthy. Those have carried their fawns. Uh, year and a half old deer are having one fawn. Uh, two and a half or better are having two, and it's almost universal. And certainly we've seen that this year, really very good. Plus, we have a more liberalized hunting season in store for just about every deer permit area in Region 1 that I can think of. And I say that based upon this. If you're hunting in a lottery area, you're probably going to have more lottery permits that were available. Lottery areas may have went from lottery to hunter's choice, which means your deer license comes out automatically either sex. You could actually go from hunter's choice to managed, which means either sex, one either sex deer to two uh, one of them being uh, no more than one buck and, and the other antlerless are intensive. Uh, some areas went from managed to, to intensive, and, and we got a fairly good place right in the middle of the region that's intensive this year. So okay. between the, the higher deer numbers in the, in the uh, field and the more liberalized season, I think we're well set to make our, our goal this year for sure. Okay. Ah, gosh, did I say for sure I did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course, you know, just because there's a lot of deer out there doesn't mean that they, they get they all get harvested. But it's good to know they're out there. Yeah, it's a good you know you, uh, to harvest even that level of deer. We've still done that within um, a good management strategy where the deer population is either moving towards goal or moving uh, uh, where it's at. It's about the same with that goal. And I like to use uh, I, I many people are probably getting tired of me to say this. I like to use the analogy of a pendulum. You know, pendulums never still. And so you're never at that sweet spot for where you want deer to be, you know, from year to year. A lot of things influence the pendulum, like winter, you know, good winter, bad winter, things like this. But you're either moving up towards goal, you know, pendulum swings one way, or you're moving down towards goal. But every move of the pendulum, you want to be towards goal. Mm -hmm. So uh, we make that choice and try to uh, make that pendulum swing that way in the uh, generally about the May time frame when we've had a chance to examine all of the deer harvest. We've looked at modeling. We've looked at how severe the winter has been. All those type of things have, have gone into that. A figure is put out from the model estimate, and then we work with our managers to basically develop a strategy. And that's what you see when it comes to hunting season starting this Saturday. Okay. Taking a look at the weather, yeah, we might get some snow, we, we noted, but uh, how does this weather pattern, how does uh, the, the situation out in the woods look as far as being helpful or harmful for hunters? Right now, I see nothing but uh, very good, very good uh, weather patterns that we've had. Certainly, day like today, uh, a little bit rainy, I suppose. You know, that wouldn't be the best for tracking, but mm -hmm. deer are going to be moving. You know, no doubt that October... A uh, little fling and snow there. Probably got things moving a little earlier than normal, but I think we're going to probably hit rut about right, you know, which is by intention. Some people like that. Some people don't like that. But uh, I think deer will be moving pretty good. The thing that will really miss up, I would say, our openers if we get a lot of wind. You know, that's the the thing that really, I think, can throw things. Um, temperature not so much, but certainly wind and, and uh, just things like that where they can't use all their senses to their best degree. That will prevent movement for a little bit. So. Okay. So everybody's got an opinion of what they want 
in, in a deer population. Some people want to get that 30-point buck, the legendary 30-point buck. Other people want something in, uh, in their freezer every year. Um, what do we strive for in Minnesota? <clears throat> That's a very good question. You know, um, we strive for a healthy deer population. That's that's the first thing that I can say. And we strive for a population that is socially acceptable. You know, there are some people that want to see a lot of deer on the deer stand. Um, you know, back in the early 2000s, we had a lot of deer, and people were used to seeing 20, 30 deer a day. And when we hit 2014, when we had actually reached our goal levels, and then we'd had a couple of bad winters to knock deer back a little bit more, they weren't seeing but maybe 5, 10 a day, and that was just unacceptable. And, of course, we heard a lot about that. And, you know, you could take that from some, some place like maybe the northeast where you'd only see 5 or 6 deer a day, and they were only seeing 1 or 2. So you, you want to manage the deer for a healthy population and balance with the habitat. The second thing is you want to manage deer within a social carrying capacity too, and that's really the, the places where we're really trying to hit. It's the Goldilocks, not too many deer, mm-hmm. not too little deer. And then you have to... You have to balance the range of opinions from people who want to see more deer to people who do not want to see more deer. and it, It's really based upon what your goals are for a land manager. So, Well, certainly I know uh, there's, there's times when, you know, farmers yeah, probably don't want to see too much deer because they're taking care of the crops for them. Right. And, you know, we have places like that right now in this region um, for a couple uh, – well, more than a couple, just a few permit areas are actually over goal, and we've seen some deer depredation in that, and that's largely where those green intensive areas are this year. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by DS Beverages, Bonded Lock and Key, and Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors. Check us out at kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Podcast One and iTunes. My guest today, John Williams, the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager, as we get ready for the deer opener Saturday. So, percentage-wise, but how many people actually get a deer during the season who are trying you know, um, I think I should have brought my phone. Yeah, <laughs> looked up some of those statistics. Uh, I mean, you, you say you're looking for about two hundred thousand deer to yeah, be taken. Yeah, and we have about you know half a million deer hunters. So you're looking some, at somewhere in the fifty percent range. Yeah. You know, something like that. Um, I think we actually do, we're probably going to do a little better than that, but it really depends upon the hunter. I think. Um, some hunters want that 30-point buck, and they're more than happy to go a whole season and not pull the trigger looking at, you know, yearling deers and, and eight, nine, ten-point deers and just not what they expect and what they want. And they're happy with that. That's fine. Other people, you know, the first brown and a deer comes out, you know, it's a down deer. And, and uh, you know, uh, I would think the majority of hunters are probably somewhere in between, but we certainly see both kinds. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that clearly – I, I don't know what the percentages, but the vast majority are going to come during firearm season. They're not going to come through muzzleloader season. Right. And they're not going to come from archery season. Absolutely. Firearm season is the management season of, of deer we have. Yeah. But doesn't mean that uh, people haven't had an enjoyable archery season up to this point and then after the deer season as well. And, of course, muzzleloader season starts in that Thanksgiving time frame as well, and, and uh, that's a good season as well. This year, 
hunters can use magnified scopes on muzzleloaders, you know. So that's a – and during the muzzleloader season. Oh, okay. So a little bit of a change, I think, it would like that. So, um, yeah, it uh, – like I said, it's hard not to be excited this time of year. Mm-hmm. I, I get a little bit of tingle in me thinking about, you know, which stand I'll be in and what I might or might not shoot, you know. And I'm sort of in between that uh, – hunter that wants to see the 30-pointer and the one that likes the brown and down deer. So yeah. for me, a good, nice year-and-a-half old buck, it suits me just fine. <laughs> but I, I know a lot of people that just wouldn't wouldn't fly. So Okay. Well, um, as we get ready, a couple things to be aware of. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's talk about if you do get your deer. Okay. What do you what do you do to take care of it, get it registered, all that stuff? Okay. Well, let's talk about it. Uh, so you got your deer in your crosshairs, and you pull the trigger, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you have a deer in the ground that's yours. Uh, good time to thank the Lord for that, I think. <laughs> but uh, um, with that, you'll want to validate your deer tag right away. doesn't mean you have to put it on the deer, but you want to notch it for the you know, a.m., p.m., the date, and the month. Okay, okay. That's, that's the kind of first thing. Uh, you've cleaned your deer. Uh, you're getting ready to transport the deer. It depends on whether you can uh, drive your truck or car to the deer. If you can do that, the moment that the deer goes from um, a field situation to a motorized situation, let's say an ATV or a truck or whatever it might be you're going to haul the deer in, uh, that's when that tag has to be uh, attached to the deer, either through the ear, base of the antler, back leg. So that's a, the, kind of the, the order of things you want to do. If you're in the field and you're uh, dragging a deer or something like that, as long as it's not in a motorized situation, you don't necessarily have to have that tag on the deer. In fact, maybe you wouldn't want to because if you're dragging it through the brush, uh, maybe you tear the tag off, and then what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. so that's a, that's something you have to think about. So that's kind of the first thing. You know, um, uh, of course, once you have a deer in a place where you're back to camp, back to your house, whatever the case, it's good to make sure it's cooled down in some way. It depends on the weather and stuff, of course. And then um, after that, it's just the fun of butchering a deer up, packaging it, and steaks and uh, stew later on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, you were mentioning something before. Oh, Kevin, there's yeah. one thing I forgot. We yes. need to register that deer. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, boy, you know, that would be sort that's of That's important. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's about how easy it is to forget. You know, yeah. you start thinking about dinner and <laughs> maybe you don't get there. So registering a deer, there's three ways to register a deer. Mm-hmm. You can go to a big game registration station if you know of one in your area. The easiest way, in my opinion, is just use a telephone. You'll find a number on the tag you can call that basically will take you through the steps of registering your deer. Or you can go to the Internet, and uh, you can register deer that way as well. Okay. Go to the DNR website. You can find that, or uh, minnesota.gov is another one that you can just you can use links to get there. So very easy to do that. Um, you know, it used to be every deer that was harvested had to go through a big game station. That's changed a little bit and, and uh, made it really quite easy for people to, to process their deer without a lot of a trip involved, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one, one exception to that is okay. is if you're hunting in one of the CWD areas. If you are hunting in one of those areas, and again, that's north of Brainerd, southwest of St. Cloud, in the southeast, uh, you do need to physically present your deer. We're going to collect the lymph nodes from that and uh, be sampling for that that season. That was actually the question I was going to ask next, so you took care of that for me. No okay. problem there. All right. Good. Um, one of the things you brought up was uh, was Blaze Pink. Blaze Pink, yes. Tell me about that. Well, I think a lot of people kind of balked at that at first, but there's actually a very good reason for that. And people who are colorblind do not see Blaze Orange very well. 
and I, I didn't know this until the, the discussion about this came out. But uh, apparently, that's you know, it's more of a gray look to them, and it can blend in, I guess, sure. with some of the background. So, blaze pink, however, is something that I'm told appears very bright to uh, folks who have color blindness, and is actually a good choice for uh, people. If you're hunting in a party that has somebody like that, you might want to think about that, or or just be aware of it. So, okay. In fact, okay. I was in L and M last night, and there it was a full decked out camouflage beige blaze pink uh, coverall. Okay, yeah. so so um, how how long have we been aware of that? Uh, been a couple of years now, I think. You okay. know, um, I, I don't remember exactly when it was or the last year, year before last, it became legal. And like I say, there was a little bit of a balk about that when you think about it. But boy, once I, once you started understanding why, it made a lot of sense. Yeah. Wow. I I, I had no idea. I didn't either. Yeah. So, what else do we need to know? Well, um, you know, like I, we've talked a little bit about things. What do you do before Saturday? You know, yeah. it's a little late to do some of this stuff, but better late than never, as they say. <laughs> so a couple of things to think of. Get your licenses. Um, I'm a little late, too. I got mine. <laughs> my wife and I got ours last night, and and uh, it's just a good idea to get it before Friday. Friday, that is the license, uh, the ELS system's busiest day by far. People are oh, I'm sure. People are buying li- licenses. I can't remember. They can do it by the minute as for the number of, of how many licenses are sold. So it's a it's just a better time to do it before Friday, and, and so get that done if you can okay. uh, right away. License validation, as long as you buy your license before the season, it's good on right first day of the season. If you buy it before a half an hour before shooting time on the day that you're going to hunt, it's also valid for that day. If you buy it during shooting time, you know, in one of the days, you have to wait till the next day after that to, to actually use okay. it. So be aware of that. So get your license early if you can. Uh, another thing that you should have done already now, if you haven't done this, is decide in your rifle. Make sure that it's on. If you haven't done that right now, uh, there is a prohibition about just going out and, and sighting one in unless you're at a designated shooting range. But I do recommend that everybody take at least three shells with you, run them through at 100 yards or whatever your preferred target is, and just make sure your rifle shoots good. Um, okay. The uh, old expression is aim small, miss small. And if your rifle ain't missing small, uh, you got a problem to begin with, so it's something to just kind of check out. The last thing I would say is is this: we've had a summer with some strong winds in places. If you've not checked your deer stand uh, yet, you should do that before Saturday because it would really be a bummer to go out there and find your deer stands laying down on the <laughs> ground, and uh, or, or there's some damage a tree fell on it or something like that. And and it's just a good idea to check and and make sure you're doing that. I always like to remind people that. Um, you know, when shooting comes, you know, Saturday and stuff like that, most people are probably going to hunt in places they're familiar with. So you're going to know where the safe shots are at. You're going to know where the shots you shouldn't take are at. But always take a minute to be in the deer stand and kind of look at your surroundings. Do you see other hunters? Where are they at? Um, look and see, you know, where you think the safe shots are at and where the shots are risky that you wouldn't want to take. Uh, just be cognizant of those type of things. And safety first. Um, you know, it, it it's never wrong not to, not to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, one of the most controversial things that tend to happen is, of course, people um, deciding they want to go hunt on somebody else's land. Yes. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Um, don't shoot from the road. Yeah. Uh, those are things that just will get you in trouble and make people awful mad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, those are just things to avoid, period. Know where your boundaries are. You know, uh, what was it Franklin said? Good fences make good neighbors. So uh, be good neighbors with, with people and respect their private land. And, and uh, you know, there's a ton of public land around here. So um, just a matter of getting out, scouting it, and, and trying to learn the land. So plenty of places to hunt and private land to hunt if you will talk to the landowner and he gives you permission. Okay. And another key thing, um, there's, a, there's a range of times you can shoot. Yes, half hour before sunrise, half hour after sunset. Yeah. And I, w- I would say, you know, be careful with that half hour after sunset because, uh, you know, a poorly hit deer uh, at uh, sun- a half hour after sunset is very difficult to track. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, just it's just not the safest either. Yeah, you, you know, know? Just, just be, again, be cognizant of what, what your surroundings are. Okay, and yeah. I, I'm sure, I know on the Internet you can go check and find out exactly what a half hour before sunrise is and what a half hour after sunset is. Most people got cell phones, and it's so easy. Most of most most of the time and, and weather apps have sunrise, sunset on it. Mm-hmm. So pretty easy to do that as well. The back of the uh, 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 hunting synopsis has a table that is showing you how to figure out your sunrise, sunset. That would be plenty legal as far mm-hmm. as uh, making sure you're using those times. The interesting thing this particular year, and I'm sure there are other years this way too, but um, – Saturdays, sunrise, sunset is going to be a little different than Sundays because uh, daylight savings time uh, ends between Saturday and Sunday. Gloriously, we fall back <laughs> rather than spring forward. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. So there's a half, uh, half an hour difference. You'll notice that in the uh, hunting synopsis, and your cell phone will tell you that as well. Okay. Or you can try to do the math, and I get it wrong every time. <laughs> I either wake up a half an hour too late or, or, or early or something, you know. Okay. So. Bottom line, if you don't get your deer this year, it's not because they're not out there. Uh, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know, give it, give it your best effort, and you got a good chance at, at getting a deer this year and, yeah. and some fine meat to boot. So, Okay, great news. Anything else you want to make sure we know before we wrap it up today, John? Uh, nothing I can largely think of. You know, the, there is a ton of things you can read in the hunting synopsis about that. If you go to the DNR website... You can go to a place where there's a map displayed, and, and uh, basically it will tell you a lot about the deer permit area that you're hunting. It'll tell you uh, what the harvest was last year, the statistics about you know that deer permit area for the cover types that are in it. Um, just a ton of information if you're curious, want to know. It will remind you very quickly what you're hunting, whether it's lottery or hunter's choice or managed or intensive all that stuff is right there and it's just kind of an interactive deer map that i'd recommend everybody go to and see uh, at least now you got a little time to do that and hopefully you won't be bored enough in a deer stand to call it up on your phone and (laughs) look at and see that so of course of course for so many people it's really it's 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 tradition we have a camp we have a cabin this is where we go and 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 that's you know you kind of Restrain yourself to some degree of where you're going to be hunting based on tradition and, and, and which, where, you, where you've got your cabin. That's very true. And, you know, in some places that might be private land that you have permission on or you own. Other places it's public land and, and you have the very, very spot that you want to see. You know, on public land, um, we would see various people come back year after year after year. And sometimes when we had some of those bad winters and the deer populations crashed like they did, especially after that uh, 95, 96 winter, 96, 97 winter. Mm-hmm. We lost a lot of deer hunters in certain areas, and they never came back. Mm-hmm. They found other places to hunt, you know, that maybe weren't as affected as bad. But like you say, most people hunt a traditional area, and that's really a, a, a very safe hunt like that. When you're hunting a new area, you're always looking for something new, and, 
you know, I would suggest if a person is hunting a new area, if they've never been there before, probably would be a good idea to wait till sunrise to find your bearings and, and uh, make sure you got a good map or a good GPS on you that lets you know where you're at and, and uh, what's private land or what's public land or land you can be on or shouldn't be on. So there's a lot of, um, there's a ton of just electric information out there that you can get in your phone or a, uh, an e-track or a Garmin or some, some G, you know, GIS type thing that would uh, uh, tell you where you go and all that type of stuff. It's a lot different when you just had a compass, and I think this is what, what where I'm at, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, it's time to get ready. Well, a half hour before sunrise Saturday, it, it's deer season. It's, it's on, you yeah. bet. John Williams is the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager. John, thanks for your time today, and uh, we'll talk to you again. You bet. Thanks a lot, Kevin. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KBUN-FM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8.